Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Big Planet Comics Podcast, episode 133. Is that right? Yes. All right. Well, that's a lot of episodes, guys. Uh, I'm Nick. Uh, Kevin has passed away. Again. Um, <laughs> rest in peace, Kevin. Rest in peace, Kevin. Uh, I'm going to drink one for you tonight. We'll pour um, one out for the homie. Yeah, pour one out on the sidewalk. <laughs> no, he's just moved on to bigger and better things. <laughs> or, or, or just doesn't want to stay up as late. Or he's just drinking at home. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, I am Nick. I'm Jared. I'm Kelly. And we're here to talk about all sorts of comic-related things, some news, some questions, some reviews, whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Um, we are making the rules here, guys. Uh, we're just making it up as we go along. It's a brave new world. We'll probably have a <laughs> better understanding of what we're doing next week. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of the in-between test episode, so yeah. it's all right. It's very exciting. Um, you know, we all have been up to a lot of things this week, right? Have you been up to anything, Jared? Uh, yes. I what? saw Duff, which is Duff? an amazing young adult teen film that my friend was totally excited to go see. Strong start. Strong start. And then I was totally excited to go see. And uh, this girl gets uh, viral videoed in high school, which is the most appalling thing I've ever seen. Was it a horror uh, movie? It almost was. Like These <laughs> scenes were so... She's She goes with her friend to try on outfits at the mall and totally starts vamping it up in like, one of her evil enemies' videotapes at all. And yeah. then it goes viral, and it's awful. Sounds they, great. Yeah, it was really funny, though. Did you see it, Kelly? I, I didn't, no. Sounds like a Kelly movie. No, it doesn't. Really? <laughs> no. <it's> a, <laughs> oh, it was really good. Sounds like the opposite of a Kelly movie. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... But what yeah. movies do you like? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen Jupiter Ascending three times oh, now. Three so. times? <laughs> That's unfortunate. Wait, wait. You saw it with Sarah Pond, right? I did, yeah. Oh, what did she think of it? Uh, she thought it was terrible, but she enjoyed it. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Which oh I God. think is, yeah. Yeah. That's a good assessment. You should see it. I no, wanna, no I you shouldn't see, see it. it. I know um, you kind of want to. You shouldn't. But. I definitely want to. No, you should. Oh, it's so bad. You should definitely, if you're going to see it, you should see it in the theaters just because the visuals are astoundingly yeah. beautiful. It, yeah. It looks pretty. It is. I mean, they they spent a lot of money on this Batch. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Jesse, that that or uh, Chappie. Oh, I want to see Chappie. Oh, Chappie's gonna break my but heart. Ch- Chappie had some bad reviews. So yeah, it did. But uh, if you go see Jupiter Ascending, ask if they can turn off the soundtrack. Oh yeah, and then you can be like, this movie looks <laughs> pretty. Turn off all the dialogue. Ew, um, the dialogue's what's so the name bad. of the guy from Whiplash? Isn't it? Uh, which guy from Whiplash? Jay Jonah Jameson. Main guy, right? No, that's Channing Tatum. No, Whiplash. Whiplash. Oh, Miles Teller. Yeah, he plays the bad guy, right? No, that's Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. What's Eddie Redmayne from? Oh, he's the guy from the other. He won an Oscar this <laughs> yeah. year. Oh, he's <laughs> from the, Theory the, of yeah. Everything. Yeah, yes. he's from Theory of Everything. <laughs> wow, he's one of the, one of the Oscar movies. What is happening know. in your head? I haven't watched any of the Oscar movies. <laughs> Are they going to take it back because of Jupiter Ascending? Yeah, yeah. Get turned back. Here. That's who. No, he no. He he. His performance is incredible. He's actually fun yeah. in it. Yeah. Does he talk he, through a computer? <laughs> no, no. He shouts every other word. Oh, it's amazing. Oh yeah, that's right. I heard that he whispers or shouts. Yes. Yeah. So it's it, like if you're <laughs> listening to it with like headphones. Oh, that's. It's yeah. like. Hello. <laughs> the best Pretty part much. is he apparently based this this character on his accountant, which means I just really huh. want to meet this accountant. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> kind of like cool. It sounds terrifying. Uh, uh, what have I been up to? Yeah, Nick. Uh, not I watched Jupiter a lot ascending. of a lot of TV. That's a start. Uh, I watched the Jinx about Robert Durst. Who uh, you guys don't know who Robert Durst is? No, but no. he's a millionaire. Yeah, he got accused of a lot of murders. Yeah, uh, this documentary sheds some new light on it. Uh, it's pretty crazy. He's, so, oh, so it's like a real. Yeah, yeah. He his wife thing. disappeared, and uh, he you know he never got charged with anything. And then twenty years later, they were going to reopen the case with a new witness. The witness got murdered. <laughs> like and then you do. He, nothing happened with that. And then Robert Durst. Got caught dressed like a uh, mute woman, uh, and he dismembered this guy. Um, Wait, what? And he got (laughs) 
he got caught on the run from yeah. that crime, but he got acquitted because it was uh, self-defense. But yeah, then it gets crazier <laughs> somehow <laughs> sure. than that. <clears throat> but yeah, I've yeah, been watching a lot of TV. So it's fun. Cool. I watched Togetherness, which is another good HBO show. What's that HBO's one? HBO's killing it. They're pretty good. It's a Duplass Brothers. Oh, movie. right. Yeah. Our show. Is it's it, very uh, good. It's kind of depressing. But is it Game, I mean, of, Game of Thrones really soon? Like a couple of weeks? Game of Thrones starts in April. Yeah, April, I think. Oh, I'm pretty oh, sure. Open. With yeah. Aquaman? No, I'm sorry. With Aquaman? I was going to say Aquaman, but no, he's gone, isn't he's, he? He died a long time ago. I know. Season one. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't been keeping up. He might be back. You never know. He might be. Who knows? As a ghost. Yeah. The ghost of the Aquaman. Ghost of Cal- <laughs> what would the ghost of Cal Drago say? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not pretty sure he wouldn't say ooh. What? That's what ghosts say. They're spooky. You'd be like, ride this world like it's a steed, woman, to like his to the Khaleesier. I think a we ghost should, steed. I think we should talk about comics. All right. All right. So the Game of Thrones comic came out a few weeks ago. God, that comic is awful. Uh, yeah. It's on issue like 40-something, and it's like- It comes like out like once every 4, six months. issues I think to go. Ned Stark just got killed. No, spoiler. What? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like issue like 40 or something. Uh, yeah, now let's talk about uh, some news, some comic-related stuff. <laughs> All right, this just in. Uh, yeah, well, we'll, we'll start. We'll, we'll start off. <laughs> let's start off with some sad news and then build yeah. up because. Uh, so first off. Uh, Yoshiro Tatsumi, the father of the Gekia style of manga, had uh, has died at age seventy nine. Yep, which is a pretty high age. Um, he's kind of revolutionary in the manga, especially. I, he he did you know uh, he started all that style, that yeah. kind of like personal look at comics, and yeah. like like Garo and all that stuff came out of him, and like yep. I don't know, he he's just like super influential on manga, going from like a kind of kitty adventure style weird sci-fi stuff into like just telling stories and yeah and it's different uh i feel like it's different from a lot of other uh, manga and he kind of created a new and uh, yeah just a new format of it i don't know well i read an interview with the guy who made the film which i think is the documentary just called tatsumi yeah which apparently very good. have you seen it yeah oh i really want to see it it's so, half animated uh yeah, segments i didn't realize that yeah so did they just take Drifting Life, his autobio, and then add in his stories to well, it? Well, it has a lot of the short stories, yeah. The oh first thing, I think, is the the short story about the Hiroshima bomb. Oh, with wow. The, the, the photograph of the um, like imprint of a, like a, mom, uh, like a son rubbing his mom's shoulders, Oof. which gets really dark because yeah. <laughs> there's a twist to that. Wow. Um, yeah, that was very good. Um, but yeah, he's got a ton of stuff out in English now, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Like Darn and Quarterly's published a lot of it. so Very sad, but... But yeah, he's got a lot of cool comics. He's got a celebrated life. Left a legacy behind. Yeah. yeah. A lot of good things for. <laughs> and much more stupid news. Let's talk about <laughs> um, Spider-Man. Uh, so Spider-Man, uh, so Marvel's making a bunch of Spider-Man movies now that they own Spider-Man. Well, not own Spider-Man. They, they have a share, they share special Spider-Man. arrangement. Right. <laughs> the special uh, arrangement. The special relation, arrangement sounds. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> basically, um, Drew Goddard. Has been hired to write and direct the what? Superman movie, uh, Superman Spider-Man movies, and apparently they're going to make three of them coming out once a year because they want to have a young uh, Spider-Man and have him age, oh. kind of. Um, uh, wait, so what's he as it goes on? along? 
Cabin uh, in the Woods. He directed Cabin in the Woods. That's yeah. why I know his name. He yeah. worked on a lot of Joss Whedon, Whedon stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's, yes. a, he's a Whedon guy. He produced, um, huh. he was a producer on uh, Lost and oh, Alias no. oh. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I think it's, interesting. That's, that's a, a good sign. It's that's a pretty a sweet choice. Yeah. yeah. Any Joss Whedon related <laughs> person is, is pretty good. Uh, so is this the Marvel side or the Sony side? It's both. So they're working together to make these yeah. new films. Yeah, huh. yeah. because Marvel uh, is... They've only got one slot yeah. at this right. point. Right, I just wasn't sure. Yeah. Kevin Feige is kind of... Feige? <laughs> is it Feige? Is it, I think it's Feige. Is it Feige? <laughs> I think it's Feige, actually. <laughs> the right. way I've heard it pronounced has been Feige. But anyway, he's uh, not only running the Marvel stuff, but he's running this stuff, which I, I guess is Marvel. Like Basically, Marvel is running everything, so he's just getting some money. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah. It sounded kind of dubious. Like It was like, you get to use him, but then we can make our own movie. Uh, so yeah. I wasn't sure I was going to um, make uh, The rumor is that Iron Man is going to be in the first Spider-Man movie. So oh, that should be interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I think they want to kind of make sure I, that everybody knows this yeah. is in the Marvel universe. And that's like Iron Man is like such a good intro character because he's right. technically the first superhero for their universe in a lot and of ways. I don't know so. how their deal works either, but I I am assuming that now they can have more, like they they don't have to just rely on Spider Man characters. Yeah, you know they that's can true. have. All sorts of villains show up, like Doctor Doom. Well, I guess Doctor Doom can't show up because he's Fantastic Four. <laughs> right. Well, the other, try. the other, like Marvel people right. who live in New York City, which right. is all of them. Yeah, they could have Professor Doom show up. Professor, Doom. <laughs> Professor Terror. Um, there you go. All right, what else we got? Um, did you guys watch the Daredevil trailer? I did. I watched one from a week ago, so I haven't no, seen this the is the new one. one. The one that came out, yeah. I think, a few days ago. Nope. That one was incredible. It's great. It's the dark. One a week ago, dark was great. as hell. Yeah. It's got a lot of uh, kingpin in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Of, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh yeah, looking very. Wait, much isn't the he role. the thing? He's, no, he's not the thing. Is he the oh, thing? Oh no, <laughs> Chickless. Who is it? <laughs> Chickless. Yeah, yeah. Michael Chickless. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio was was he in a superhero movie? I don't think he was in Men so. in Black. <laughs> he was he was a man in black. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the cell. Oh my gosh! Let's talk about Vincent D'Onofrio. I want them to get Agent Smith in here. That'd be amazing. Agent Smith. Uh, yeah. So it looks very dark. Um, yeah. but I like it. I think it looks good. I'm excited. I'll try to watch all 13 episodes as fast as I can when they come out. So that's going to be the first series they do. They're not going to yeah. do them together. No, they're so doing like, one every. Watch all the Daredevil, and then there'll be a new series. Sort yeah. Of thing. So cool. like a few months later, they'll yeah. be. What's the next one? Is it Alias or Luke Cage? I think Alias is the next yeah, one. Yeah, I think so. Then yeah. Luke Cage and then Iron Fist because they haven't even announced what? Like, no, anything about Iron Fist. No, they haven't cast. What? Oh, my goodness. Danny Rand. And I thought they were, The oh, Defenders. It's exciting. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm excited. Uh, and I guess that's all. Is that all the news? Oh, we have one more thing. Uh, Jared, talk about the uh, Smudge Comics Art Expo for oh, a yeah. little bit. Uh, so, if you're in the local D.C., Northern Virginia, Southern Maryland area, uh, there's a comic show uh, this Saturday, March 14th, called the Smudge Comic Arts Expo. It'll be at the Artisphere in Arlington. Um, it'll be from noon to six, and I will be there, and perhaps most of us will be there or popping wow. by. Are you going to be there, Kelly? Some... I will be working. Oh. What are you doing? Oh, you're going to be working. I'm going to be working, working at Big working. Planet Comics. Yeah, except for Kelly. I might be slacking off. I might be yeah. there. We'll so see. Some, some Big Planet folks will be there, but we'll have some books to tell. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, so let's move on to some questions. Yeah. All right. First up, we got a question from Pat. Pat says, what ongoing book do you sell the most copies of that you are not reading? He also says, keep up the good podcast. Oh. Thank you, Pat. This is a great podcast. Sorry. Well, no, he's listening to one and like, I'm going to downgrade it a little bit. Uh, I think Kelly should go first because she has the best <laughs> answer. She just confessed. Well, I don't. Yeah. 
So I don't read Walking Dead. No, no, no. She's never read Walking Dead. I've never Dead. read a single. What? I <laughs> Where's my hate air horn? zombies. <laughs> I really, really, really hate zombies. Um, as a trope, I find them entirely uninteresting. So yeah, I've never read Walking Dead, but it's not a thing that, I mean, the thing about Walking Dead is you don't have to actively sell it. It does. It sells itself at this point. Yeah. It's not about the zombies. I've never, I've never yeah. been in the situation where someone is like, Convince me to buy Walking Dead. Have you watched sure. the Walking Dead TV show? I have not. Oh, I hate no. zombies. <laughs> right, right, right. But I hate them. That's messed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I would argue that zombies are pretty messed You're up. You're a zombie. <laughs> so you've never even read the first issue? No. You should read the first Man. issue. Man, it's good stuff. I feel like I've committed to not doing it now. <laughs> oh my God. It's like me in uh, Dirty Dancing. Can never watch it. Nick, what is sure. the comic that you, ongoing oh, comic? See, this is gonna be tough because Nick reads everything. Yeah, I read yeah. everything. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that sells very well that I don't read. Well, I guess it doesn't have to be something that sells very well. Just something that he said sells something the most sells copies. The most copies that I don't read. Oh boy, I don't know, man. I got I got one that's kind of all right. You go first. So this one I read occasionally, but very lackluster, and that's Batman. Like, oh, Batman's great. Exactly, it's really good. But honestly, like the t- direction they took with Joker really turned me off, and I was like, I was into it at the beginning with the Corval stuff, and Joker was so gruesomely gory. I was like, this is not what I want out of my Batman. I feel like I drop in and out of books. You know, yeah. I don't read every single issue of something, but I I go in so I have a good idea of what's happening so that I can speak intelligently on them. I don't even do that for Batman. <laughs> I'm like, again, it's like Batman sells itself, and I should be able to talk about it, but I can't. So no, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, with with new storylines and stuff, it's it's good true. to be able to be like, hey, this crazy thing is happening right now. Yeah, but it can be like, Joker's back. He's on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> there wow. you go. I guess I could go with Sandman. Does that count? Oh, yeah. We've sold a lot we of Sandman. We've a lot of copies. Uh, it's kind of a miniseries. Because wait, did you start it or you've never, or you've never started uh, it? I read most of Sandman. Okay, so that's something. I, I liked it. Uh, I didn't love it as much as most people. Yeah. Um, And the new one, I, I liked it all right. But it, it came out so sporadically that I just stopped reading. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's another one that sells itself because a new issue comes out every six months and we <laughs> still that. sell lots no. of them. So yeah. it kind of propels itself forward. That's true. Yeah, there's nothing that's... I'm trying to think of anything that's like really high selling that I don't read. That you have to like which I pretty actively much, I feel like I read everything. about. Yeah. yeah. Read a lot of anyway. I read all of it. Yeah. Hey guys, we're really good at our jobs. That's yeah. what you should take away from this. <laughs> I read ev- the answer is nothing. Yeah. I read everything. Answer is ask Nick about anything. He'll yeah. be able to tell you. Hey Listen. Nick, tell me about these books we're gonna review. Oh yeah, let's uh talk about some uh, new books. Why not? We love comics, they're swell. Except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. I just realized that Kevin will always be with us. I know. He's I'm so awesome. glad we have As that. As a musician Rest and lead singer <laughs> <laughs> on the review song. I'm going to cry right now. Go rest his soul. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Kelly. Yeah. Uh, you want to start us off with some all new Hawkeye number one by Jeff Lemire and yeah. Ramon Perez? I would love to. So. Uh, this is the new Hawkeye book, which um, no, it wrapped in, up. Everything. In case you was were wondering the, the whether line? whether the old Hawkeye book had but, ended, the answer is no. Is yeah. it all new? Though? Um, it's all new. Okay. <laughs> uh, but really, if you're worried about spoilers, the only spoiler you're going to get from this is that Clint and Kate are alive. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it doesn't Clint still give has you... uh, ear problems. Yes, yeah. No, that's that's one of the things that I really loved about this is that they do address his deafness. So this is a beautiful, beautiful book, and it switches back and forth between this like um, really dreamy pastel stuff um, that is memories, basically, and it's this this scene from Clint and Barney's childhood when they're 
uh, in one of one of their foster homes and they're out catching frogs. And so it goes from that to this very David Aja, very deliberately David Aja-like style of uh, Clint and Kate who are in some random Hydra facility. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of those. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's really well done. The action is really well done and the banter between them. I mean, it's very, it's great. It's yeah, very Yeah, and the, uh, the, the kind of flashback stuff is very... Uh... Not unsettling, but it's a little disturbing, and um, it's it's an interesting kind of parallel to what's going on. Um, they even have parts where they show like the regular kind of cartoony art mixed with the pastel art in the background, which is a very cool technique. Yeah, there's. I think the page you're looking at is Clint is running by these windows, and the reflection in the oh, windows yeah. are of his memory scene. So right. yeah, it's really a gorgeous book. Um, and I'd say the pastel stuff is almost kind of like Jeff Lemire's art. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was a pretty nice way to like have a flashback more, style. More, more painterly than that. Like yeah. it's, yeah. So, so yeah, this is a fantastic first issue. It kind of, it you jump right into the action um, and it uh, reassures you in case you were worried that like yeah. these two are still around and kicking ass and having a great time. Yeah. I mean, if you like the, each other. the previous hot guy, or if you want more of the superhero hot guy, this is kind of a weird combination of both. Yeah. So you get a little more action and, it's kind of the same stuff that made the the other Hawkeye great. That's a kind of a good like they 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 did a good job of not being the same thing. Yes, um, which is good. Yeah, so. no, and it, I mean, and it ends with what is clearly the beginning of a new storyline. Yeah, yeah. Whereas most of Hawkeye seemed sort of self contained. Yeah, yeah. Um, it built up a longer storyline, yeah. but it was all kind of shorts. But yeah. and it was all very much based like where he lived, and this is not. This That's is true. A different. That thing. was like a Brooklyn yeah. thing. This is still like him doing adventures. So yeah, it was. It's fantastic. I highly recommend. Highest it. recommendation. Highest. The yes. highest. The most high. All right. <laughs> the most high. Uh, Jared, why don't you tell us about Bill and Ted's most triumphant? Most triumphant. Number one by uh, Brian Lynch and Jerry Gaylord. Yeah. So uh, I really, really, really like the Bill and Ted movies. Um, although honestly, I like uh, the first one much more than really. The, I the actually like Bogus Journey. Journey more than, well, than the first one. More. It's more that I saw uh, Excellent Adventure like a million times, and I've only seen Bogus Journey a few times. So this literally starts as their most triumphant return, like five seconds after the second film wrapped yeah. up. Uh, and so they have finally become famous. They've played the greatest rock song of all time, and they're you know on their way to changing the world. And it kind of falls up immediately from that. I've forgotten how much crazy stuff happened in the second film. Yeah. There are robot Bill and Ted's. Mm-hmm. There are aliens. They're stationed. Yeah. Death is still running around. Death the is there. People from the future. Uh, yeah, Death still plays bass for them. Plays he bass. came back. Uh, upright bass, right? Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, and did, I don't know if they got married. I think they did. Yeah, they um, got. They went to the future. They got married. married. They had babies. And to yeah, each they, other? They, no, no, to their, their uh, uh, medieval princesses. princesses. Oh, right. All right. She's like, she doesn't know the story of Bill and Ted very well. <laughs> uh, and then they had kids who are now also raised to be rockers. And uh, yeah, so it's literally picks up right from there. And they decide to go into the future to see how things are going because they realize... That their first great song is the only song they've ever written. Yeah, they, they kind of have a follow up single. They have writer's block and they can't kind of figure out what to do next. And so they're like, let's just go into the future and see what we did. What we did. And then just copy that. Um, yeah. And then George Carlin shows up again. Uh, it was Rufus, Rufus right? their uh, future guide. So it's cool to see future. George Carlin back from the dead in comic form. Uh, but yeah, and you actually get to see. That's true. That was kind of awesome. Uh, you get to see kind of more of what the future world is like as opposed to just the cool parts of it. And there's a hint at how their big 
uh, Arch Nemesis has some valid reasons for not liking them. <laughs> uh, and then there's a backup story, which honestly I did not like reading that much. Really, uh, I thought that was cool. It was. Cute. It just seemed it was cute. Like I liked the art style. It just seemed like it was over heavy on the dialogue in a That's way that Ryan kind of, North. That's the way he right, yeah. but it, it overwhelmed the art. I think like it kind of cluttered the story up a little too much. Mm-hmm. Like if it had been a longer story, I think it would have. What's a cute story about yeah. how? Uh, the robots are malfunctioning and they're trying to fix them. They become really boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Overall, what do you think, Jared? Great. Uh, I would not okay. say most triumphant, but it was pretty cool. This is Fairly definitely triumphant. a Bill and Ted book, though. Like, if you don't know who Bill and Ted are, I don't think you're going to want to jump into this book. Uh, it is. Yeah, it's definitely it's, for. It's riffing on all the all the cool bits you love. It's from definitely the films for huge and, fans of Bill and Ted. Yeah, it like, is not a great intro book on its own. Yeah, everybody else should should not read this. Um. <laughs> All right, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Big Man Plans, number one, by Eric Powell and Tim, Tim Weish. Weish. One of those words. Um, yeah, Eric Powell and, and Tim uh, co-wrote this, and uh, oh, really? Powell does uh, the art. <clears throat> um, yeah, if you haven't read any Eric Powell stuff, he does The Goon, um, which is kind of a crazy comic. A lot of it's like a kind of stupid, uh, over-the-top, monster-fighting but it's always fun. But some of it gets very deep and dark, um, and it goes to some interesting places. So I definitely recommend checking it out um, and sticking with it because it changes tone a lot. Um, yeah, it's quite but a lot. when it's good, it's very, very good. Um, and this is kind of a little bit of the best of that, of, of the goon, <clears throat> into this new story called Big Man Plans. And the title comes from uh, when they were uh, working on this, they... They were like, let's let's go over our big man plans because they didn't know what to call it. And so eventually, that just stuck, and they called it <laughs> big man plans. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> um, and so, big man is about a little person who is called uh, big man, but the only person that called him it that um, was wasn't like derogatory was his father. His right. father called him big man, um, and so kind of stuck with him. And uh, it's a very <laughs> very it's dark so comic, dark. very depressing. He's had um, a horrible life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so he he starts off kind of uh, being like uh, like his his dad dies in a horrific accident, um, and he gets sent to like uh, foster homes and he gets beat up a lot, and then he uh, eventually gets recruited as part of this uh, crazy like crazy government team that Vietnam thing. Yeah, and he he he, he goes into holes and like kills Viet Cong in in their in their hide, hiding places. Um, and he kind of becomes like an urban legend among the Vietnamese. Um, yeah, and now it's kind of about him back in the world, not quite adapting, um, and <laughs> not quite, and being a lot of people get beat up and yeah, mutilated and killed. Kills and, a lot of people. Um, and it seems to be kind of a revenge thing. Um, you're not quite sure what he's getting revenge for, but there's so many things that could be things he's getting revenge for. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Um, Uber violent. Yeah. I th- it was almost I almost didn't like it, but there was a few things here and there that kind of pulled me back in and, and made me enjoy it. I liked I liked his dialogue and I I thought he was um interesting enough where he wasn't he was kind of a character but not exactly. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. It's a good revenge kind of over yeah. the top grindhouse. It reminded me of like a black exploitation movie or something, but it's like uh, you know a little person <laughs> exploitation movie. <laughs> as, if that's a thing, kind of yeah. Because um, it's very like seventies, like over the top violence and and sec- sexual stuff. And, yeah, uh, it's, it's great. I don't know. 
There you go. In so, those terms, it's great. Yeah, it's good. Um, all right. Now, Kelly is going to talk about... What are you going to talk about? I'm going to talk about Hellbreak, Hellbreak? number one. Right. This is um, a new comic from Cullen Bunn and uh, Brian Charilla? Charia? Charia. Charia. Maybe. Um, and th- this... Um, I'm talking about this because I'm the big Six Gun fan, which is written by <laughs> Brian... Or, I'm sorry, written by um, Cullen Bunn. And this is actually, interestingly enough, I just realized this is a dollar number one. Yeah. It's yep. a dollar. It's a dollar number one. The oh, yeah, they worked together before, right? On um, They've done some of the other... Oh, man, what was that book called? Uh, never mind. I'll <laughs> think about it. They okay. did work on something together. Yeah, no, they, they definitely have. So this is about um, this group that helps people who have been possessed by demons and rather than like just straight exorcism, it's a full like military group that goes into hell and finds the soul of the person who has been possessed. Which I gotta say is way cooler. It is a very interesting, <laughs> <clears throat> a very interesting take on it. So yeah, it starts out with these these parents whose son has been possessed, and um, it's this older gentleman who's explaining to them, you know, what's going to happen. And then yeah, you jump into this group and. The visions of hell is is very interesting. Like the first scene you see is like this ballroom, and everyone is in these like Venetian masks. And yeah, it um, seems like um, like hell has very different sections. Where, oh yeah, definitely. Because they're they're in this part, and it's like, oh, this part is different. Like uh, we're in a ballroom now, and it, you know, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, no, there are definitely sections where it's just like people in their underwear chained up. So. Yeah. And I mean, and they go, they're going in for like this specific soul and then these other people being like, take me with you. And they're like, yeah. no, sorry, <laughs> we're getting paid for this. Yeah, guy. I think that <laughs> there's, a, there's certain rules that they have to obey, right? They have to yeah. have two tethers and all sorts of other things to kind of be able to extract the soul. Oh, yeah, yeah there's that. some really great monster stuff. Yeah, they say that at one point, uh, 18 trips into 18 different versions of hell. Yeah. So it sounds like every mission they go on will be a whole new setting, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So, no, it's a, um, I mean, I think it's a fun kind of horror comic. It's not super, super gross, but it's, it's more got like a horror action. Yeah. 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 There's some great action in it. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fun number one and it's only a buck. There you go. So, so check you it would out. be an idiot not to buy this. Um, <laughs> exactly what I said. Nick's new rating system. <laughs> All right, Jared, what are you going to talk about? You want to talk about Princess Leia? Sure. How about that? Uh, so this is the third of the new Star Wars revamp books after just plain Star Wars and the Darth Vader one. This is the first one that's just going to be a miniseries. I think this is going to be five issues. But like the others, it starts right after the end of uh, A New Hope when they've blown up the Death Star. And then they're like, and now what? Princess Leia. Because I had never really considered this. She's the princess of Alderaan, which gets blown up in the movie. And it's like... Shouldn't she be queen now, right? Right. But, it, yeah. but more like her people are all gone. Like everything yeah. she was raised to do has been lost but they're not right i mean why would they Ah. i mean if this is like uh some crazy you know like intergalactic traveling universe wouldn't there be other alderaan people on other yeah but probably not a lot that's like who's out of town when when the city burns down you know a few people oh but yeah so that's part of it is that she uh says i need to start taking care of my people not just being you know someone working the rebellion um but they throw in some other people from Alderaan who have like some real issues with her as kind of how she reacted to Alderaan getting blown up yeah, and that don't... she is now a queen and she isn't really fulfilling her royal duties running around with this rebellion. And Yeah, there, she's she's criticized over and over again because of how she doesn't appear to be grieving. Right. Which um, 
is one of those I think is a really great note because that's something that you know it's it's definitely a thing that you that women are criticized of. You right. would never have a guy being like, you know, he's not crying, yeah, he so, so he must not stoic. be sad. What's wrong with it? Yeah, no, yeah. this is this is something that would absolutely only happen to a woman. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she, she needs to figure out why she's not grieving, so she goes to General Grievous. <laughs> um, no, that doesn't happen. Uh, not not maybe an issue. Well, too. he died, right? He died in the prequels. No, he can come back. He was a robot dude. He's such a great character. He coughs. Oh, no. He's got. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a bunch of arms. Uh, a lot of lightsabers. Is he an alien underneath the uh, robotic parts? Who, who cares? He's definitely He's not in this comic. Though. Coughing robot. <laughs> you know who is in this comic? Who? Admiral Ackbar. Yeah, there's Admiral some Ackbar's great Admiral Ackbar scenes. Yeah. Admiral Ackbar's a jerk. He He's hates a total humans. jerk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's some good stuff like that. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought the interesting new character was this... Uh, uh, X-wing pilot named Avon or Avon. I'm not sure how you Avon. pronounce her name. Um, it has two A's in it. Uh, but yeah, she is from Alderaan, and she is kind of the direct critique in Princess Leia's face of like the Alderaan people's, you know, unhappiness with how everything's been happening. And very quickly, Princess Leia uh, kind of co-ops her into doing a mission with her as her pilot. Well, I also don't like her because she's adopted, right? Not they get into she's, that. She's not. Yeah, she's not an actual. No. Do they say that? Alderanian. I didn't I don't notice know. that. Somewhere in there they do. No, because at one point she says, you know, Lance says, yeah, like, what's your problem with me? And and she says, you know, I'm I'm a strict loyalist and you are royalty and you yeah. should not be doing any of this. You should be, you know, being royal somewhere. Maybe I'm bringing some of my own yeah, Alderanian drama. Prejudice. Nick also is unhappy with Princess Leia. Or if you not a pure-blooded Alderanian. Don't bring her parents. She's from Tatooine. Or Naboo. <laughs> Nick is a strict Republican. He doesn't she think there should be a royal family in Alderaan anymore. Tattoo Naboonian. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah. yeah, the art on this is great. It's uh, Perry Dodson. It's yep. the Dodsons. Yeah, the Dodsons doing their, their pencil thing. ink combo. And yeah, so yeah, it's what the whole basic gist is. Princess Leia kind of wants to be more of a kind of a queen, not a queen, but she wants to kind of figure out what's going on with her people and bring them together. Uh, but yeah, she decides to do that by sneaking off, which of yeah. course will have no bad ramifications. But yeah, I thought it was a good start. Uh, maybe didn't have quite the the punch of the other two series in terms oh, see, of I like. I disagree. I liked it better. No, no, I'm saying like the punch of like, oh, Darth Vader's here, and oh God, we're you oh, know like yeah. that sort of stuff. But it's a lot more of like, you it's know, less figuring out heavy. what's happening, and then Ooh. yeah. So I yeah. think in issue two, it's probably going to get pretty crazy pretty quick. It definitely starts down a story that we weren't expecting right. that we haven't seen before. Like yeah. nothing like this. Have we no. ever seen? Right, which I thought so was really, that's really cool. exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's very. It feels like a an important gap in the in the story. Yeah. And there, there are some good bits with like <clears throat> Luke and her talking. He's kind of like, "So what's going on?" He's like, "I don't know. Like you were there for me." And because in the in the in the yeah. movies, basically, she, her planet gets like blown up. Um, then she you know blows up the Death Star, and, and that's then where about you it. see her on an ice planet. She, yeah, she never really mm-hmm. reacts to it in any other way. Yeah, um, later on. True. Yeah, uh, the only thing that really disappointed me about this issue is they had an opportunity to give Chewie a medal. <laughs> um, like literally, they have the scene. It opens with the yeah the medal. They're handing the medal, and then you turn the page, and no. You see, medal. you see Han get a medal. You see Luke get a medal. You hear Chewie roar in anger, and then Princess Leia ignores him. Yeah, he gets no medal. Pretends he doesn't speak Wookiee. Missed opportunity, Mark Wade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is written by Mark Wade, by the yeah. way. Yeah, uh, but if you <laughs> missed that, you should go read the Star Wars Tag and Binker Dead story where Chewie metal is found lost on the floor after the celebration party <laughs> all right uh i guess i will talk about something very weird i will talk <laughs> about the surface number one. Oh yeah um 
Uh, why do we even start with it? Well, so first, there's a lot of it's written by Alice Cott yeah. and uh, art by Langdon Foss. Who's what's he do before? He's really uh, he good. He did um the um, Edward uh, Edward Anthony Bourdain book. You have the wrong comic in your hand. Yeah, Let's I do have the wrong comic in my hand. <laughs> but the Anthony Bourdain comic. Uh, oh, yeah. The um, what is it called? Get Jiro. Get Jiro. Oh yeah, um, that was awesome. And he, he's done some re- recent issues of Winter Soldier. Um, he's done half of them. Uh, but yeah. So, what is this about? It's kind of hard to explain. <laughs> I, I hope it's you can tell me. It's a lot kind of meta-textual almost stuff, um, where basically there's this theory that um, everything we see in the universe, like we're living, like Earth is a hologram, the whole universe is a hologram, um, and there's some explanations and different theories backing that up. Um, and our main characters are these three characters who are kind of all in a... A relationship it takes place in like a weird future where um everything has evolved to a crazy point um you, there's like a starbucks kind of place where you get coffee and speed <laughs> yep um, Every, everyone is constantly like documenting all their lives on media like everything yeah instead of uh yeah instead of having like uh any kind of privacy settings they kind of have to uh have every aspect of their life is recorded through like a chip inside of them yep so people know where they are at all times what they're doing what they're two they're talking to so they kind of have to turn it off if they want to not be recorded yeah so it's like the opposite of today yeah they can never turn it on they just have to turn it off um yeah and these three people who are oh god what are their names they all have very weird names one of them is the president's son. Yeah, yeah the president's son, right? And his is the two main character. polyamorous lovers. <laughs> yeah, his polyamorous lovers. Yeah. This is a great, like, great healthy example of a of a polyamorous relationship. Right. Yeah. They're they're fantastic. Yeah, this is like the future <laughs> where, like, you know, it's it's at the point where you know it's you know whatever it's fine. Everything is cool. <laughs> like, people can do speed. <laughs> yeah. People can almost do whatever they want. Um, but then there's this weird thing where. They're kind of being controlled by these big corporations. Um, and the president's son is basically going on this mission to find the surface, which is this mythical place that exists outside of the hologram that is the Earth. It's kind of like right? breaking through the surface to see the reality or something even crazy. It's like the reality. The unreality. It's, the, it's bananas. Yeah. It's like the real reality behind what we are fed. Maybe. I love that they <laughs> this book's so weird. They they discuss multiple times that they're not even fully convinced that this thing exists, but yep, they're right. like but they like go trekking off in the desert anyways to find it, which is the yep. most like college student thing to do. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> dumb young person. Like I'm not real sure, but I feel like I need to I need to follow up on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just kinda camping in the woods, like maybe this will happen, maybe it won't. And they do some dangerous climbing. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah. And they find something really crazy. But yeah, yeah and there are people keeping tabs on them, and you're not yep, really sure being who tracked. they are. And then there's like they're being tracked by the president, right? Creepy president yeah. who thinks stuff's going on, and then the narrator, the president's son, is like talking to us as the reader. There's like so many layers to yeah, this. Yeah, and there's a third narrator as well. Like, yep. it's, it's a very <laughs> dense book. Like, it, I liked it a lot, but yeah. there are definitely panels in which you have the book narration right. happening and then you have a character speaking and then you also have speech bubbles that are like a background television. Yeah. So right. and you then kinda have to wade through. And then there's scenes which are like 
uh, like ads or informational stuff from this world. Yeah, and then there's interviews with the writer of this book, it seems, maybe. From the future, possibly. Yeah, yeah there's so much me, going on. It reminded me a little bit of Nowhere Men, just in terms yeah. of like the denseness of it and the, yeah. the levels on which the book was working in a good way. Like, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's very, very good. Um, I highly recommend it. Yeah. And the arts by Langdon Foss is great. Um, it's kind of, how, how would I describe it? How, it's very difficult. It's ooh, a little bit of Frank Whiteley, maybe. Yeah, kind of. I mean, a little bit of Scott Collins. Okay, all sorts of kind of, like, it's it's very unique. Yeah, um, and uh, it's got Jordi Belair doing the colors, so it's got some really good shifts between, like, the high-tech, like, Dar es Salaam, and then, them, like, out in the desert. I feel like you don't even have to ma- mention Jordi Belair because she colors everything. <laughs> yeah. What are you just saying? It's good. But she, her, the yeah. colors are great in yeah. this. Um, all right. Well, next up, Kelly is going to talk about Spider Woman number nope. five. So yeah, this is a number five, but it is essentially a number one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the first four issues of Spider Woman were um, were a tie-in with the Spider Verse. Yeah, stuff I really that wish. Happening? I really wish they'd made it that a four-issue miniseries. That I been really wish Spider Woman yeah. made this a number one. one. Yeah. So I, I mean, I enjoyed. Those four issues, I wasn't a huge fan of Greg Land on the Yeah, I liked him too, yeah, despite the art. But I also was following Spider-Verse. So if you weren't, then it wasn't very... It was a little confusing. It was a little confusing. Yeah, so this is a whole new team. Well, it's still Dennis Hopeless writing, but we've got um, Javier Rodriguez on the art. Yeah, he's been... He worked on Daredevil recently. Yeah, which you can tell there's some great, like... Parkour stuff yeah, there was happening. like when he was draw- <laughs> when he was drawing Daredevil, I, I was like, "Is this still Crim- Chris Samney?" And I was like, "Oh, it isn't, because <laughs> yeah. it's very similar." And um, this is also the debut of her new costume, which was designed by Chris Anka, and oh yeah, it's great. It's the we've retired the the crotch arrow, hopefully forever. <laughs> the crotch arrow, yeah. She definitely had one of those. <laughs> so yeah, this is Jessica Drew who has um, quit the Avengers. She's off on her own, and um, she's doing kind of the just the single vigilante type thing. And the book begins with her breaking up what she thinks is a mugging. And it turns out to be a, um, a thing set up by the police to, (laughs) to train police officers how to battle against superheroes. And she breaks it up and they're villains. Well, yeah, super villains. (laughs) But, and, and the cop is like, we, we ran this by everybody. Like we got this okayed by captain America (laughs) and you come in here and break it up. You know how hard it was to clear this city block for this, and she's like, I haven't checked in with Avengers recently. Yeah. So she ends up in prison. Um, and the person who comes to get her out is a reporter who basically is trying to get her to investigate these missing people who are all related to various supervillains. Well, the reporter is Ben Urich. Do you know who Ben Urich is? I don't. Who is that? Do you oh. know who Ben Urich is? Yeah, sorry. He's a huge character from uh, Spider-Man and Daredevil. Um, he's in Daredevil he's a lot. He's kind of the quintessential investigative journalist guy who's always getting in trouble, but he's like just the human Yeah, he worked at the Daily Bugle forever, and he was yeah. kind of the, yeah, the, the guy that was, that liked Spider-Man. Yeah, and he's, he's the guy who Jonah. like investigate Daredevil and then get beat up by a supervillain for not saying who Daredevil yeah. is. His he's son like became guy. a goblin of some sort. Oh, cool. Usually happens if you're involved with superheroes. So yeah, um, so yeah, he brings her in and she, he's trying to get her to investigate these things and she says no, basically. So you're, it's, it's, fantastic the tone is totally different yeah. it feels um this is like in that daredevil hawkeye universe it very much feels yeah. well the like whole that. thing about it is that spider woman doesn't really want to be a superhero anymore she just kind of wants to help she just wants people to help on people. the streets 
yeah he he goes to her at one point and she's got she's living in like her old pi office and she's like yeah i never like even worked as a pi <laughs> yeah as as they're talking she's like sledgehammering all the walls yeah but the colors on that page those two pages are great they are great yeah the colorist on this is not Jordan lee lowridge right no it is oh no i'm sorry isn't it no? Am I wrong? No, no, it is Rodriguez. Oh, he does Rodriguez the colors. did it. Yeah. Oh, no wonder. It's oh. Alvaro Lopez as the inker, but he does the, yeah. Rodriguez does the colors. Man, yeah. good for him. So it's great. It's got these great, like, lime greens and hot pinks that really, yeah. really pop. Yeah, I mean, he's a fantastic artist. He's, his art is very kinetic. It's very fun. And I don't know. Um, Jessica actually seems a little younger in this. Um, she's not really, but she seems more kind of. More vivacious, I'd say. Yes, yeah, less worn down than yeah. she has been. In well, the past. it's. I mean, it's definitely a change from Greg Land's art because he can't draw a well, woman co- who looks younger than. I feel like the 35. costume also is a little more hip. Yes. Kind yeah, of, a for little sure. More modern makes her feel a little younger. Um, yeah, yeah. So if you like the the rec- if you if you're like Daredevil or Hawkeye or, or you She-Hulk enjoyed or well any the of recent things. reboot of yeah. Batgirl, it feels like yep. that as well. Um, it's this is fantastic and don't be you know deterred by number five. Jump it in right here. It says new twice on the cover. So yeah. there you yeah. go. It's it's phenomenal. Highest of recommendation. Highest. Much. So many highest. Very much the highest. Um, all right, Jared. Why don't you talk about Black Cross? Okay, so this one confused me a little bit because this is a spinoff of the former series Project Superpowers, which I only read one or maybe two issues of. So was Project Superpowers originally a whole new concept, or was that a reboot itself? I, yeah, I think it was a bunch of old Golden yeah, like Age characters. characters brought in. Yeah. So Black Cross was one of those old characters. But don't worry about that, folks, because if you don't read any of that, then... That this still won't make sense. Yeah, it assumes that's where <laughs> Even if you have off. read it, this still won't make any sense. Uh, but yeah, so basically this is set in a very small little town uh, called Black Cross, uh, where some weird stuff has happened and you get like special agents showing up to investigate a guy who seems to be told to do something. He's not in his own control and he sets himself on fire and walks into a lake. Uh, but they're there to investigate someone who's been murdered uh, by a seeming serial killer who they've nicknamed the American spirit because he carves American type flags into his corpses, his victims. But then it cuts over to the local uh, medium who goes by Lady Satan uh, who is also having weird visions, uh, perhaps that she is insane or possessed or seeing something weird. And you start to get the feeling that in this little town, there was a superhero, supervillain element that has been hidden up or killed or something and is coming back. And then the other person we meet is a guy who got involved in a gangland shooting and is now forced to be in witness relocation. And he is also having horrible dreams and possibly going crazy. He seems to be like maybe... Related to the main character, who is Black Cross, who is a vigilante guy who wears a big black outfit with a skull and crossbones on it. And that's <laughs> it. Uh, so this is... Uh, it's super weird. This is Warren Ellis writing it and um, Colton Worley doing the art. It's great art, so, I, I want to yeah. say. Um, sure. So this is definitely dumping you really quickly in the deep end and assuming you will pay enough attention to get it figured out as we go ahead. But yeah, this is just... It's kind of that Ellis Trees style thing where he's like, here's a huge cast of characters... Here's a lot of weird stuff. Uh, it will eventually make sense. Yeah, I mean, it's not like conf- it's not super confusing, but no, you but definitely you don't have know what's no going idea on. what's going on. Yeah, um, but yeah, there's definitely some cool visual effects, like the kind of like the guy setting himself on fire and calmly walking into a lake as an opening scene was pretty cool. But it's very intriguing. Yes. Um, so that's the sort of thing. It's just like, is the payoff going to be worth it? I don't know. So this was an interesting one. I definitely more interested in it than the previous Project Superpowers series. Yeah, those weren't um, too interesting. But yeah, so this is another one that I think is like, check it out, and maybe this will be an issue two hooks us on it. So we'll see. 
All right. Um, what do I want to talk about? Oh, I think I want to talk about Descender, number one. The other great Jeff Lemire book yeah. that came out last An- week. Another good same Jeff week. Lemire book. Uh, same week as All New Hawkeye. Um, wow, I don't even know where to start with this book. So, um, first of all, it's beautiful. Dustin Wen is uh, on art, and uh, this is probably the best art he's ever done. Um, it's got kind of a watercolor look to it. Um, he does all of the all of it. It just says illustrated by Dustin Wen. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. Uh, basically, the beginning of this starts off with a scientist being called to um, to deal with this giant. Uh, if you know what Celestial is from Marvel Comics, a giant Celestial-sized robot. like Yeah, and this is far in the future. Yeah, this is a robot the size of the planet. And basically, there's this. it's like a union of planets in the future, and one of these robots shows up at each of the planets um, and basically just starts killing everybody. <laughs> um, and then it cuts to uh, 10 years later, right? Um, and we are introduced to Tim, who's this... Uh, little kid. Little kid. Who we quickly find out is a robot. Um, a fantastic scene. Yeah. And a I love crazy the way they scene reveal that. With his kind of robotic dog. Um, but he, he wakes up on the space station with nobody else around. Everybody seems to be dead. He doesn't know where anybody is. He finds some crazy evidence of that. Um, some bodies <laughs> basically everywhere. Um, and they've all like long decomposed. So he, he doesn't know what's going on. He, he gets kind of an update on what's happened on the earth. And he sees like... Uh, the plants are in disarray, like the populations have gone from five billion to one billion. Um and we get back to this scientist from the beginning, who's uh now a lot more kind of a washed up disgrace. Washed up and <laughs> yeah, yeah, unshaven. Um and there's an interesting revelation that ties uh the Tim robot to these giant robots that have destroyed all of uh all of the uh population of all these planets. Uh, and so now everybody is on a mad dash to find Tim. Well, um, I think we should say a little bit about what happened in between those times. That after these giant robots, celestial type, you know, planet-sized robots right. destroyed all these people, like the worlds, and killed all these people, uh, there was a huge backlash against robots, and basically robots have been eliminated. Right, right, right. Yeah. So uh, Tim, Which is why everybody's going after him because right. he's the only one they know of that's left. Yeah. yeah. But he's the only one of his line that's yeah. left because he's in a remote like outpost. Yeah. Oh, that was um, really so yeah, so nice everybody's twist. trying to find him, um, including these crazy <laughs> bounty yeah. hunters, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like how it it does this thing, which is the same thing bringing trees up again that Warren Ellis and Trees did, where you see this like catastrophic event right. and then it skips forward. Yeah. And it becomes about like how did people deal with this? How are people right. on, you know, continuing to deal with this which i think is a really interesting way to tell a story and it's sort of a new thing that we haven't seen so much of yeah um, and it's got a little bit of a like a pinocchio vibe yeah, yeah that's true. Kind yeah, of... he refers to a mother and andy and you're not you don't know whether they are humans or right. he doesn't seem to be particularly interested in the dead bodies yeah so he, do, it... he seems to not quite know that he's a robot at first maybe you're not sure and then you find out that he is robot, but yeah. yeah but uh yeah it's very very interesting we should say this has already been optioned for a film oh, oh really? really yeah they sold the film rates before this Man. number one even came out wow, that's crazy. Well, it's so good yeah it's, it's very, very good it's fantastic so uh, oh if you gosh. have any interest in any kind of sci-fi fiction, yeah. stuff about ai and uh end of the world like it's got everything so yeah definitely check it out but also some really good character stuff and beautiful like, art even for like just a simple 
little boy. I think he gets a really good storyline from that. And the scientist. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to read the next one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of really great sci-fi, um, Southern Cross, number one, came out today. It's by Becky Clunan with art by um, Andy Bellinger. Belanger? Yep. Yep. He's, he's from yeah. Canada, so it might be Belanger, but I don't know. Uh, with Belanger. <laughs> with colors by Lee Laridge. And this, That's where Lee Laridge Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> there are the colors. This um, was fantastic. This was my favorite thing that came out um, today. Maybe my favorite new sci-fi in... More than Descender? No. Honestly, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I, Descender is great, but I am really excited well, This is a very different this. style of it's sci-fi. It's a very different style. Um, yeah, so... We've got this main character who is this woman named Alex, and she is uh, getting on this ship, spaceship, called the Southern Cross to go to Titan, um, which is one of the moons of Saturn, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to go with probably. Yeah, it's Saturn or Jupiter. I think it's Saturn. Um, Where her sister was working. Might be Neptune. It's not. It's one of the two big ones. (laughs) Okay. So her sister was working on a mining facility on Titan, and um, she died. And so she is going, Alex is going to collect her remains and her body. And so the thing about this comic is that you're t- it's paced so well. You're taking her through, you know, getting on this ship and, um, you know, finding her room and climbing down ladders and bumping into people. And it's it was really hard to explain to people because the thing that is great about it is how the atmosphere of it, like the way yep. it feels. I, I, I saw a lot of stuff that they meticulously designed this ship. Oh, yeah. Um, so they, they kind of know where everything is and you kind of get a feeling of of it. Like you, there's a good sense of space. Like you you know, like um, like you, you see them go, go, her going from level to level and going from room to room and you kind of know where everything is in relation to everything else. Yeah. Um, except, you know, pl- places she hasn't gone to and when she gets lost, you feel lost too. And, and uh but then they'll yeah. also have like outside shots in the bay or when the Southern Cross is in, in transit of just like hurtling through space or like right. it's it's a really cool ship. It really <laughs> inside is. Inside and out. And so, yeah, you find out as as this sort of story slowly unravels um, that there are, she suspects that something happened to her sister. And you actually overhear a different conversation like um, in the cafeteria where people are saying, you know, oh, she's this other woman who's on this ship is going to investigate the death of this person. Um, so yeah, that's something is clearly up with the corporation that runs this mining facility. And that's sort of the mystery. Yeah. Zemi. That, is that what they're Zemi, called? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you get introduced to the captain who's kind of like, seems like a, he's reminding me of like Captain Harlock. Or something. <laughs> yeah. He's a dreamboat. Um, yeah. He's this, or what's the guy from, um, Oh man. Tintin. Yeah, Tintin. Cross, yeah. cross with Cortel Maltese. Co- yes. Cross with yeah. Cortel Maltese. He's, yeah, he's got like a combination of all yeah. these things. But he's definitely like his his lapels are up around yeah. his yeah. face. Yeah, it's a look. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, it's, it gets really weird. It, get, it gets the really weird. The last page, you're really... like, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she gets to see the engine, which is this crazy gravity drive that's like a super scientific breakthrough engine yeah. that helps him travel through space quickly. One of the things that I loved about and this. And it speaks to her. Yes. <laughs> is how deliberately nautical it is. Like the spaceship yeah. looks like a, a liner. Yeah. And um, we were, we were, Kevin and I were talking to a customer today who was saying that they, he didn't really like sci-fi. And we're like, you know what? This could this could be taking place like on an ocean liner. Right. Like on the, the way to like the uh, important things about this Madagascar story. Yeah. or something, yeah. right? And that's clearly very deliberate. The fact that the captain looks like a naval ship captain. Right. Um, 
and just the design like the way the way she's got this great like headband under her hair kind of 80s look and yeah it's it's, it's fantastic very, very good i'm really excited and the fact that becky clunan is one of my favorite writers of like really great sort of gothic horror stuff yeah. is um makes me just excited for what what is to come in this book yeah so that's uh it's awesome the cross <laughs> we all loved it uh we all loved a lot of these books this week there's been yeah. a lot this is this two weeks crop. of stuff there's been a lot of good stuff including halogen which is our next book i will say next week there's uh a million number ones and they all oh really very good um but yeah so halogen number one by who's it by jared uh this one is by josh tierney writing it and the art is by afu chan but all the designs are Yanis Milianis. Oh, that explains a lot about this. Who did, uh, what did you do? Oh, they, they designed them together, it says. Character design. Oh, okay. But yeah, uh, this one I've read twice. I'm still missing some stuff going on <laughs> in this. But basically, another sci-fi one uh, in which some sort of titanic-sized thing called Detuna, who is believed to be some sort of crazy super alien slash god maybe from another dimension might be the creator of the universe yeah, right? it's that big no one's quite sure what the tura is but its body has come into our universe and is found dead so ever since people are like what was up with that there was apparently a weird cult about it and yeah uh so again a weird backstory and now it's much uh further on and uh, there's a girl who runs around with a super awesome halo, like holograph halo on her head, who has just finished breaking into a top secret facility, which they don't show us, <laughs> which I was kind of bummed about. Uh, but it's quickly uh, important why that's not shown is because she kind of failed in her mission and got tipped off some of the you know security uh, who have one of the guys has now tracked her down to help her on her, you know, kind of espionage mission and. So this is just kind of constant sets of clues as to what's going on. Yeah. And it finds out that they are trying to find out what happened to the body of this Titanic god. Yeah, and um, she has a kind of a rival who's a, a robot. Um, and they meet up on the next mission. Yeah, uh, so it's like introducing, you know, this security agent who's kind of seems to be a, you know, a mole working who wants to help them. But then there's the people on her team, which is got a cover of a research division trying to figure out how to make these uh, the, they work for Halogen, which is the name of their company, uh, to make halo, uh, holographic stuff. Then it turns right. out that she is making holographic stuff herself rather yeah, than her, through technology. Her halo is naturally produced by her brain, and yep. nobody knows why. Uh, so she's trying to cover that up, and then the the guy, the security guy from the other team, has tipped her off that there's this robotic woman running around. And uh, and they're trying to collect basically the pieces of this that of, of is God. What they realize is that God. they're trying to find out where it is, and everyone's racing for it as the final prize. Um, so this is another four issue series, I think. Yep, one of four. So I feel like this is another one with a lot of this kind of crazy setup. And it, like having read this two times, there's so much going on in here that. Uh, but it's got some really cool action scenes. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say my main critique of it, at least when I first read it, was that they spend a lot of time for the first half of the book. They spend so much time talking about yes. action scenes without showing us action scenes. Yep. So, like I said, they don't show her breaking into this facility. No, and the, and they keep. It's just like she moves from room to room and just discusses things with a bunch of different people, which I can understand, you know, introducing characters, but it's like, sh show me a little more before you start telling But then there's yeah. great, pa great payoff, like, once the action no, starts. No, yeah, the like, action in the end is fantastic, awesome. and I really like the art. I She's really like the She's got a like really cool costume. She does, yeah. yeah. So I feel like if the first 10 pages of her talking in the bar had been, like, 
her talking over a you know a radio while she was breaking into a base or something like yeah for sure yeah i feel like the the pro- only the main problem is there's a lot to establish and yes. not a lot of time to do it i think that's why this has happened they it's had to cram it all together yeah but it's it's still very good and the arts quite quite interesting it's very different yeah so this i think is a rewarding one if you're willing to give it extra effort um i wouldn't say it's just the easiest thing to jump into like that uh well yeah that's pretty cool so, all right interesting number two that is halogen we all liked it very much um and then probably the best thing in the last two weeks at least to me uh i don't know if you guys agree but it was so good because there was, so there was definitely up there there was definitely a some contenders. Yeah, um, a lot of great contenders. There was some great stuff the last two weeks. But uh, Howard the Duck, number one, got Trapped my, my choice. In a world he's grown accustomed to. Uh, written by Chip Starsky, who you may know from his Applebee's conversations on Facebook. <laughs> or as the illustrator of The Sex illustrator Criminals. of Sex Criminals. Oh, yeah. Um, that too. And drawn by, not Chip Starsky, uh, but Joe Quinones, who's done a bunch of stuff. He did that uh, Zatanna Black Canary a graphic so novel, and he's done. He did the end. The he did a run on Savage Wolverine yeah, last year. He's done a bunch of things he's here. Lots and there. of covers. He's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, this is his first kind of ongoing series. Um, and yeah, so I don't know how much you guys know about Howard the Duck. I feel like you will tell us a lot. <laughs> I, I mean, I know a good amount, but you you really don't need to know too much about right. Howard the Duck going into this. Um, you get that he's from another dimension. Um, he came to a nexus of realities, but basically everything expla- is explained throughout the story. Um, but God, this story is so fun. So it starts off with uh, um, this guy is hunting down kind of uh, last of their kind aliens, um, and uh, cuts to Howard the Duck being in jail, and <laughs> uh, it's it's almost the, like there's it's just a series of scenes that are all awesome. Yeah, he and meets he, he meets this woman. Yeah. <laughs> while he's in jail, he meets this woman because he's locked up with the women because he's not a male. No, well, no he's because, male, but he's not human. No, 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 because one of the men has a, a an allergy to right, duck feathers. Right, right, right. <laughs> the, the, one of the men is allergic to duck feathers, and he's so he's stuck in the in the women's cell, and and he befriends this one woman in there, um, and so Tara. Yeah, Tara, and he goes back to his. Uh, building to where he's a private investigator and he lives in the same building as She-Hulk or his office is in the same building as She-Hulk's office. Which is um, great. Which is great. Uh, <laughs> there's some great interactions with She-Hulk and uh, her uh, assistant and her, her monkey. <laughs> um, and I, it's weird. It's it's hard to explain this book because most of it is just very, very funny. Yeah. Howard gets wrapped up in this plot where this guy, uh, well, he's... There's so many things going on. Yeah, I don't, so I don't first, know if the pot's that important, really. First, he's, yeah, he's going to get like the black cat um, because she's... Well, he, yeah, he's hired to retrieve a stolen necklace from the black from, cat. From the black cat, but yeah. But he has to figure out where she is. Yeah. And so he steal what he what is he he steals the Rolodex card from She-Hulk to call <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, and Spider-Man says, I don't want to help you. Um, and so he kind of has to go on his own, but he... He slowly, he eventually finds Black Cat because the well, yeah. the woman that was locked up in jail with him is like, oh yeah, she lives like right there. Yeah, everybody knows where she lives, dude. Um, <laughs> she stands out a little bit. Yeah, and so uh, some hijinks ensue, and uh, some the the guy from the beginning shows up who's collecting rare aliens to capture him for the collector, um, which is kind of a throw <laughs> call back to the movies, I guess. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that, there's so many funny things in this. There's a really funny seg- section where. Um, Howard the Duck talks about this ad he's put in movie theaters um, 
and there's like a this sequence where there's a blurred image that slowly becomes clear and people and uh are watching this ad and it's like who is he he's trapped in a world he never made and they're like larry david (laughs) who is he he's a duck and they're like donald and they're like no, he's Howard the Duck, private investigator. And then it has all his info. And the guy's like, never heard of him. And it's like, just like stuff like that. That's constantly funny. Spider-Man has an amazing subplot in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, where he, he he refuses to help Howard, but then because he's Spider-Man, he feels guilty. And he wants to come back and help him. There's a lot of little jokes like that. Uh, when they go to Black Cat's lair, they're trying to find, uh, they're like, oh, there's a hidden passage here. I, I can I can tell because... I got duck senses, and um, <laughs> like he's chips. trying to find. He's like, "All right, pull all the, the cat-related books. Like these are all cat-related." Yeah. And the one that they pull that opens the secret door is Charlotte's Web, which is it's pretty funny. Um, like, there's a lot of things like Chip that. Chip Zdarsky yeah. has so many good, like the dialogue's amazing, but he also has like great, like kind of breaking fourth wall commentary stuff, like we've seen in a lot of books recently. Like, yeah, I mean, if you Squirrel if, Girl or whatever, if you're familiar with Sex Criminals, you're familiar yes. with. I mean, you read every word on a on the page in sex criminals because all of it has, I mean, nothing is a throwaway. Every yes. name on every yeah. store, like that's deliberate. And it's the same thing here. Like there's this, my favorite panel was the one where she Hulk is sitting at her computer and she's on a web page that is, um, 20 cats that'll make you forget you live in a world of super powered <laughs> wonder and horror. <laughs> she's, she is, is like also everything you need to know about this. She's also listening to shake it off. She definitely <laughs> yeah, is. There is also an amazing training montage. Yes, there is. Uh, With the training montage song. song. Yes. Yeah. Um, like just, yeah. So that's why I mean, this is like, we just all talked about a single page each. So yeah. this isn't it's like great. There, it's nonstop. It, it changes tone so quickly, not tone, but like stuff happens so quickly. It's just, such different things on every page, but just a constant sense of, I would say, wonderment. Yeah, and yeah this is someone who is gleefully making fun of like every single person in this, and it's it's, but it's it's but from also, a place of love. The craziest like, part definitely. is, I felt like he nailed the voice of Howard the Duck from the movies. <laughs> like he sounds yeah. like Howard the Duck sounds in the movies, and he's, he definitely says "wah" yeah. a lot. <laughs> he does. That's from the comics too, but yeah, yeah he's it's. I don't know. It works on so many. I, I think to sum it up, uh, the cover of issue two is at the back, and it is the Guardians of the Galaxy with Howard the Duck, and they're all making the duck face. Yeah, <laughs> they are all and, making. Duck and if face you are, if you are sad that about She Hulk being canceled, I feel like this is a really good spiritual successful yeah. successor to She Hulk. I mean, she is in this. I mean, her office is in this. Um, it definitely feels tonally very, very similar, yeah. very similar to She Hulk. And the uh, one of the other uh, funny kind of metatextual thing that i i didn't think about was that um the part where somebody thinks that he's donald duck um it's funny because they uh marvel got sued by disney because uh he looked like donald the duck uh and they made him wear pants (laughs) (laughs) but the funny thing is now that marvel also owns disney so they're kind of the same company so they can't really so they can call him donald if they want which is pretty fun um yeah overall just amazing hilarious really solid great. couple weeks of comics guys yeah yeah very good very very good uh we have a lot in the next few weeks yep um so yeah we'll be back next uh, in two weeks right yep yeah, with uh possibly a little bit of a altered format we're still kind of working on it well i've got a little bit of altered format oh tonight, no what do you have ready you have something? i have a three question quiz oh, for you boy. too that sounds oh boy it's it, like it, something let's it, do it'll it it'll be really quick all right uh so here 
for Nick and Kelly. Okay. Okay. And you're listening along. You can send in your responses and say you totally knew it before I told you the answer. Please do. Yeah, we Are didn't, we supposed to guess these? We didn't tell you oh. during the question segment, but if you have questions to submit to us or comments or anything, you can tweet we at like us hearing from you. at Big Planet Comics or put something in the ask, spo- ask box on Tumblr or email us. Um, Instagram. Whatever you got. Instagram, yeah. please. Our, our Pinterest is terrible, but Say our name in a public place and we will hear you. <laughs> yeah, or, or in person at any of our stores. Yes, absolutely. Uh, all right, so I have three questions to test oh, your, your your interesting knowledge. So do we have to buzz in? Or no, no, I'll, I'll give you options. So uh, oh, okay. in Spider-Man first appeared in Amazing Fantasy number 15. Okay. And someone pointed this out. Literally on the cover, it's the classic him swinging with like a dude under his arm he saved. And he's like... The world may, you know, make fun of wimpy Peter Parker, but they'll all like, you know, be impressed by Spider-Man. And someone like just this week was like, he just said his secret identity to some dude he's <laughs> swinging with who might be a criminal. And I was like, that's a good point. But anyway, so it, True. Says, it says he's Peter Parker. Oh. However, in The Amazing Spider-Man number one, that when the series started, the next appearance, uh-huh. his name is in there twice as a different name. Oh, I don't oh, know yeah. the answer to this. So, huh? what was his name mistakenly changed to? And I will give you options. Oh, I already know. All right. All right. A, Nick Wins. Peter Porker. B, Peter Pumpkin. Or C, Parker Lewis. <laughs> a C is my guess. What do you got, Nick? Uh, God, I know it, but I, now that you said all those <laughs> answers, I'm confused. It's not Peter Porker. No. What was the second one? Peter Pumpkin. Was it Peter Pumpkin? No. What was it Parker Lewis? Parker Lewis. Parker Lewis. <laughs> Tell us the answer. Oh, man. I think it was Peter Pumpkin. All right. No, it was Peter Palmer. Was, Peter Palmer. Was totally yeah, I was like, it's Peter what? something. The answer wasn't even in there? Oh, this uh, is a, these are a real test. <laughs> real test. All right. Yeah. So, so apparently like they, they say Peter Parker, but in two like of the text boxes, they write Peter Palmer. Peter Palmer. And so sometimes when they reprint it, they correct it, and other times they don't. So it took me a really long time because I knew this mistake happened. I couldn't find what the the, the wrong name was. Peter Palmer. All right. This one involved the most research, and this one I was fascinated with. In the 2014... How many number one comics did Image Comics publish? 2014. All right. A, 46, B, 52, or C, 66. Okay, I can't trust any of these numbers because none of them were correct on the last one. Uh, I'm going to say broken my trust. That might be a good point. However, <laughs> I'm going to say 66. All right. So the thing with this is this is counting. If it says a one shot, I didn't count it. But if it was like a voice in the dark, right. you know, which had like one, a two, five series, and right. then restarted with the number one, those number ones count. All right. So no one shots. 66. Okay, I'm not going to guess the same thing as Nick, so 52. 78. Okay, see, you're just lying <laughs> you're to just us. Lying. You're lying. not good at this. You, you guys aren't Is that how this. multiple choice <laughs> questions work? It does. You're a terrible teacher. All right, and All right. my final question, how many weeks last year did Image not publish a number one in that week's comics? I am abstaining from this. I can't trust this A, anymore. four weeks. B, six weeks. C, eight weeks. 11 weeks. D, five weeks. Close. B, six weeks. Oh, right there. Uh, that was an actual answer. <laughs> I know. That's oh, not my trusting. God. It's Isn't so that amazing? And that's including December 31st when like six comics came out. Image did publish a comic, but not Yeah, they one. had at least one every week for like yeah. a long time. It was yeah. every week except for six weeks the whole year. That's crazy. It was crazy. Well, they have, I mean, they've got the Skylab stuff and the, or whatever whatever it's called. They have a million. Yeah, they have a couple of imprints. Things. No, no. The, that's all of yeah. it. It's Top crazy. Cow. They have yeah. so many things. Oh, yeah. I was impressed. They did 78 number ones. Wow. 78 number ones. Uh, How many of them lasted? That I was that's another question I'll have gotcha. to do more research yeah. on. But yeah. Next week. But anyway, on so the Big Planet Comics podcast. podcast. There you go. <laughs> All right guys, see you later. Yeah, yeah, thanks for joining us. See you later.